welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker joining me as uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you the floor here, Justin, because uh, you certainly have already wiped the floor with me. Wow, I feel like you rehearsed that line. No, I didn't. Sure. That just came out. That was like Ron McLean. That was that was just that was smooth. I'll give you that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and cut that and like replay it in a, in my demo or something if I ever make a demo for myself. There you go. I, I let, let's first be clear. Let the listeners know that this is for our, our fantasy league that we had, and I beat you. I think it was by a hundred points, yeah. but. In all fairness, uh, I remember you texting me on Sunday that there was a glitch. A couple of weird things did. happened, yeah, but yeah, definitely wouldn't have made out. up a hundred points. So it, it, I was like, you know, if I, if I have to lose, I'd rather lose by a big amount. If I like something screwed up and a couple guys didn't get dressed that had big nights, but again, yeah, would have lost I mean, by like thirty. Thrill the thrill, but that's true. Which I okay. mean, I didn't have Kevin Fiala all week either, but uh, still, yeah, it was, it was a good battle, good season. I mean, you're playing for third place right now, so yeah. hopefully you can get the bronze. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that's not looking great either. So, oh, <laughs> my okay. my team is kind of uh, I'm well. Let's right now. Oh no, no, right now I'm down by seven. So it's fine. It's it's anyone's game. I think. Oh well, you know the projections are really weird because if somebody doesn't dress have their lineup set, then it like. Uh huh. So right now I'm projected to have 638 points for the week, which what? is a massive week. Um, wish I could have had that last week. Uh, would have beat you by a hundred, right. uh, but yeah, his is three eighty one. So I don't know if he just kind of doesn't care. Maybe he's just not dressing his lineup. I don't know. But could have uh, been. But hey, then, I'll take it. In another league, I'm in a championship game against a team that has gone. My goodness, he went twenty one and zero in the regular season and Ooh. has won the first two, three weeks of the playoffs. So wow. the first two weeks is that what it is? First, well, yeah, first two weeks. Well, of playoffs. So, he's, teams yet, so he's twenty three and zero right now. Uh, we had well, who's this, on his this team? league was fourteen teams. Wow! So there's a lot of t- so for a fourteen team league for a someone to score. I mean, he scored fourth. This this league was like he scored thirty nine thousand five hundred and twenty six points, and he finished twenty one and zero. The next guy at seventeen and four had thirty five thousand points. So uh, he just scored so many more points per week, uh, percentage-wise. That I'd like to see his roster. My gosh! Yeah, he had, he's he's a good team, and he's already up. He's already, I think he's up by uh-huh, eighty points already. So or seventy okay. points. So we're projected. <laughs> he's projected to beat me by about eighty points. So we'll see. I, okay. I looked and I had like four guys with negative points that usually score me. But it was like Jeremy Bratt had negative points. Uh, a couple of my bigger big guns on that team had had negative points. So what what, what are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, that's, I, actually, it's funny you say that. I had a couple guys last night with some negative points, and uh, I'm down forty to, to pretty much eighty right now, but projected to win by forty. So we'll right. see how that plays yep. out. Yeah, um, well, you better win. I hope so. My gosh, it's gonna. I mean, I will say though, the this I finished third in the league after the regular season and this is the fifth place team so right uh and i'm playing close. the first place team and i was the second place for third place here so yeah i mean i'll, I'll just say like the top four or five teams in our league are all, all pretty close well and the i guess the the tough part about fantasy is that i mean you can have especially hockey where you've got we had what 20 weeks or so 19 weeks mm-hmm. and 
you can have a phenomenal 19 weeks and then have one bad week and you're done. So right. I, it would be interesting next year to do two leagues, to do one that is a like a roto where it's just points at the end of the year. Whoever had the most points takes it. And then the other where it's it's a head-to-head. I would be... That would, yeah, that would be kind I, of fun. I can honestly say I've never played in a roto before, so I wouldn't mind that. I played in a roto back when there was only roto. There was nothing else. There was just the <laughs> rotisserie scoring, and that's all there was. And then they added in those, like the category scoring. I do not like those leagues. Hate okay. them. I'm in one. I did okay, but I just don't. I didn't like it very much. It also didn't give you a very big bench. So it was like, all right, well, I I, I have like one guy on my bench. So it wasn't that fun in terms of like being able to set your, I think it was like a default Yahoo league. I just joined uh, it as like, eh, I'm going to kind of get, I'm going to get my feet wet with a draft this year. So I did it. But well, anyways, there's, there's five minutes of our podcast on fantasy hockey. There you go. So that for is all, our podcast. Let's just that's stop it. now. That's it. For all the people that complain, we don't talk fantasy hockey enough. There you go. There's your five minutes. Um, well, congratulations to you on a, a victory well-earned. And I think that puts us at, I mean, you won the big game, but I think that we were two and two against each other in the year. Is that right? I, I think you would be correct there, sir. Yeah. yeah. So I'll at least, I can, I can at least take solace knowing that I did beat you a couple times in the, in the Hold season. your head just, high. Just couldn't do it when it counted. So it's ironic because uh, I'm a Leafs fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you, I was literally about to make that joke. <laughs> yes. Um, so, anyways, there's uh, there's actually things happening in the NHL right now. Um, I know trade deadlines over and all that fun is. We'll, we'll kick down the can down the street a little bit, but uh, we do have a few trade things to talk about. Maybe f- with some teams that are kind of out of it, and rumors are starting to fly. Uh, maybe we start off talking about the Washington Capitals. We really have not done. Uh, we, we've done no type of, we, we, earlier in the year, you can go back and you can listen, uh, to our funerals for some teams. You can see how accurate they were. We, I believe we have done a funeral already for the Florida Panthers, right? Did we do one? Uh, no, we have not. No. Okay. Well, they're, I guess they're sort of, they're like mildly in it still, sort of eight games left, three points back. Pittsburgh Penguins are ahead of them. And the, and so are the, the, like they're both kind of about the same, uh, it's not happening. They're done. It would take a monumental fail on Pittsburgh's part to, uh, especially Florida. For me, Florida's lost four in a row. They they had every opportunity. They win all. They win three of those four games. They're in a playoff spot. Simple as that. Uh, but I guess yeah. I guess we didn't. I guess we sort of did like a uh, Florida's like sort of on life support, and they they pulled themselves back a little bit and uh, only only to die in the end. I guess. So. Uh, but Washington is officially, they're out of it. They're six points back with eight games left. It's Im- virtually impossible for them to get into the playoffs. We have not done a funeral. I, I don't think we'll do a funeral on today's show, but there are a few things coming out of Washington that we can talk about. Uh, let's start with Kuznetsov and this uh, report coming out that he actually asked for a trade a couple of years ago. And... Then he it's it's reported again that he has asked for a trade now. Uh, what do you think of this? Well, I mean, I'm always a firm believer of their where there's smoke, there's fire, right? But um, 
Listen, I, I look at two things that really kind of when I when when you told me about this rumor and I, I kind of heard about it, I, I looked at two things and that kind of led me towards believing that this is probably there's a little truth behind it because one, uh, yes, there's been some rocky history with well. Kuznetsov but by the way, by trace. the way, it actually is a uh, someone. Oh, crap, I can't remember who it was. Someone read. An, a Russian article from like a couple years ago that got buried that like just it didn't nobody found it in English I'll say and uh, someone found this old article from a couple years ago where he actually said in an interview that he asked for a trade so that at least from a couple years ago is confirmed he did actually say that yeah yeah and the the, the current reports from match TV which again is is Russian right um, and and so anyways but you know, again, going back a couple of years ago, there's there's been a rocky history, right? And then this year they go out and they they sign an extension with Dylan Strom. They bring him in, right? Um, don't know, you know, specifically if they gave him extension because they don't see a long term future with Backstrom, or maybe it's because they don't see a long term future with Kuznetsov, right? So um, to me, Dylan Strom has been been great in his role. He's he's done well there with this team, and you know, if they're looking to potentially move on from from a center, I mean the reason they gave Stroman extension would be it because you can't have three guys, in my opinion, making upwards of six plus million dollars down the middle uh, and have money to go on the wings, especially because when you look at their, their roster up and down, they've got, gosh, I mean, they've got Tom Wilson, Mantha, Oshie. They've got all these guys on, on massive deals right now. And it, it kind of hampers their ability to go out and get new, new blood essentially. Right. And so moving Kuznetsov's contract with two years left, at what will be, you know, next year, a 31 year old center um, for two years left, I think is, is should be pretty easy to move. I would assume at the draft, if a team is really looking to get a, a legit number two center. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, he has a, he can submit a 10 team, no trade list. Okay. That's, you know, that's fine. Uh, is that, am I looking, yeah, the right guy. Yeah. Kuznetsov can, uh, yeah, 7.8. And I don't think they'll need to retain any salary on that. I mean, that's it's a it's a good deal for someone, you know. This year he's having a little bit of a down year. It's fifty eight points or fifty three points in seventy three games. The goals are way down uh, from last year, putting up twenty four. But he's also he's on a team that's not that good, and it's pretty clear that this this whole scenario has affected him. I mean, he was a point per game player last year. A point per game, almost a point per game player in the playoffs. I, I mean, I, th- I think he's somebody who a lot of teams would look to go. Wow, we can we can jumpstart where we're at, wherever we are at by bringing in Kuznetsov for a couple of years. If if you know you're kind of on the that upswing, bringing in Kuznetsov as your maybe number two center, and suddenly you're in a you're in a pretty good position. You know, I, I look at. I guess possible destinations for a guy like Kuznetsov. Ah, man, I I look at somewhere like Buffalo. I think Buffalo would be a great spot for him where, you know, you, you have some expiring contracts. You've got Ocposo's deals up. They have the cap space to bring him in. They've got some younger talent to be able to maybe trade for him. I don't think that it would cost a ton to get Kuznetsov at this point because you're kind of doing them a solid by taking his his salary. But, you know, you, you look up the middle, I know they've got Tage Thompson. Uh, there, You know, there's Peyton Krebs and Dylan Cousins and Middlestat, but and Kuznetsov comes in there and immediately kind of validates that top six uh, 
Whereas I think you're still maybe asking some questions about that second line center position in Buffalo, even though, you know, Hey, middle stats having a, having an all right year at 44 points and Peyton Krebs showing some progress. But I, I think that a Kuznetsov in Buffalo could really make sense. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a number of teams in my book that could really use a guy like this. And so St. Louis, that's what, yeah, St. Louis, I mean, Seattle, you could look at even Colorado. I think they could find a way to, to make that happen. Um, yeah, if it was but, Colorado, they'd probably. There's certain teams where it would make sense, but I think a Colorado, they're probably going to need Washington to hold on to some salary. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe they bomb out right early in the playoffs, and so they're willing to part with something a little bit more, maybe a second round pick and a prospect, you know, but um, to to send some salary back the other way. But another team, you know, I, I look at too that I think could really use a number two center, and, and you know, maybe you jettison a guy like you know, Sam Bennett or Sam Reinhardt, but Florida Panthers yeah. can really use a legit number two center. And I think for Kuznetsov, the one thing he's always been successful at is, is, you know, the apples, right? He's, he's always, he's never been a goal scorer, right? Uh, he's, he's been a setup guy and had a lot of success when, when Oshie was at his best and, you know, Ovechkin when he, you know, was filling in for Backstrom here and there. And you, you see now he's playing on the third line between Mantha and Craig Smith. And those, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Mantha is a decent middle six guy, but He's no Ovechkin or, or TJ Oshie. And so, you know, again, that's why we've kind of seen his numbers sort of drag. And I know the other knock on him has been his defensive end of his, his game. And, you know, maybe a, a team that, you know, again, has a good back end and a little bit stronger defensive players around him might be a good fit. So, um, gosh, you know, I just, I, 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 again, I just, when I, when I look at what, you know, he needs around him and what this team's able to provide, I, I just don't see Washington being a fit for him anymore. Yeah, I would I would agree. Although I don't think that Washington is going to be all that likely to just go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll just trade him for you know a first round pick and call it good. I, I think that they're going to want some kind of roster player back, or they're going to have an idea of, hey, we're going to trade him. It's going to open up cap space, and then we're going to use that cap space to sign X. You know, we're going to go out and we're going to sign Patrick Kane, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Uh, uh, off of this year, who you know, who would who would kind of fit the Washington Capitals uh, to to come in next year and Ryan O'Reilly baby make an impact. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly. I, I don't know that he fits the. I don't know that you want Ryan O'Reilly and Tom Wilson on the same top six. I Listen, if, I, I the one thing sense. I think that they missed down the middle outside of Backstrom is they need a guy who's very very good defensively, and Ryan O'Reilly to me it fits that bill. Um, you know, and again, he can, he can open up space for, for a lot of his wingers just because the physicality he brings and he's still a great setup guy. He's still a great passer. He can still, um, you know, create space in front of the net and use his hands to, to score a few goals. Yeah. I wonder if it doesn't, you know, it's, it's so hard to say cause he only played eight games so far with the Leafs. Um, I wonder, you know, he, how much money has he made total in his career? I mean, he's made a pretty good pretty good chunk 52 and a half million in that last contract 10 in the one before i mean he's he's made over 75 million dollars uh i wonder if he'd be willing to sign with the leafs for cheap being a you know being an ontario kid and seeing what like depending on what happens this year and their playoff run if it really works out and it fits i could see him being kind of that giordano like maybe not i don't think that he'll sign uh, a league minimum kind of deal, but I I do think you could see him. Maybe he comes in at the you know what is he costing them right now? He's costing them, 
1.875. Yeah, maybe like a $3 million kind of three, three and a half, four million dollar player take a discount to come to Toronto. I don't know. If it, yeah, if, that's, that's tough. <laughs> I, how much, how much do you really think that Ryan O'Reilly will get on the open market? I think because, because of what because he before, brings. I mean, he's, he's like a, uh, you know, 19 points in 40 games. He's kind of that, like, maybe he's, uh, over the court, like playing with the right guys a little bit more, but as far as having his own line, maybe a 50 point guy at this point. Yeah. So, so the big question to me is going to be term, right. With, with Ryan O'Reilly's contract, because is he going to want a long-term deal? Then yes, he could take a two, $3 million deal from, you know, Toronto and maybe, you know, take a four or five year deal. Right. But if you're only going to give a guy like that, who's, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, I don't want to say beaten up, but he's, you know, he plays a physical game. Uh, you know, two, three years at the most is what I would expect any team to offer him. And at, at, you know, at his age at 32, this is going to be, you know, pretty much the last big contract. And then he's, you know, in my opinion, probably going to be year to year after that. Yeah. So to me, I think, you know, at least you're talking between four and a half, five million dollars just because how good he is in the faceoff. See, so four million dollars a year wouldn't be that like it's a discount for a hometown team. That's what I'm saying. Sure. He take a you discount. Could. I'm not saying that he's going to sign a million a year kind of vibe. Uh, but right, I, right, right. But, but I think at two yeah. and a half, three mil, you're not going to lock him up, I, I, unless you give him five or six years of term. Sure. Yeah. If 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 you just basically you give that term so that he, which I don't at thirty. Yeah, I guess at thirty two you can. You just can't do that at thirty five, right? Thirty five is the cutoff where once you sign a guy, you're kind of you're effed if he doesn't. Well, play. yeah, the, the the cap hit you know hits you if he retires, kind of deal. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, well, with the Washington Capitals also kind of comes this, uh, I guess Peter Laviolette is in the final year of his deal, and apparently contract talks have stalled. So what do we think about Peter Laviolette's job as the Washington Capitals head coach? And is this something where he's going to, like, is he going to be back next year? Boy, that's a... Uh... That's a good question, right? I think, you know, again, he's he's a very well-respected coach. He's good at what he does. I don't know, you know, if he's ever really come in as a head coach and you've, you've looked at him and be like, uh, he's been a stinker with that team. And I don't think it's any different with the Washington Capitals, right? I think he's he's done well by them. I think they've, they've played well enough with him. But um, I just think right now they're at this weird phase where it's like, you know, they're, they're kind of signaling a retool, a quick rebuild kind of situation that they want to get done over the next year. And so – you know, again, I, it, it really all depends, right? I think, you know, where Washington looks and says, can we do better? Can we get someone better out there, right? And I don't, I don't really know if there's anybody better. And he's already being paid $4.9 million a season. And so how much more are you, are you going to pay a, a head coach to come in, right? It's, you, you wouldn't expect, you know, top-level guys to get more than between 6 and $8 bucks. Uh, you know, because I, I know Babcock at one point was the highest paid at $8 bucks, But, um yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't suspect there's any coaches out there really that are going to garner too much more money that you think can come in and, and do that much better of a job than he. And it's, you know, again, it comes down to whether or not you think his his system is going to work over the next few years for your last, you know, ditch effort, effort with Backstrom and, and Ovi. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, of course, hey, whatever he's doing to help Ovechkin score his goals, you know, set, putting him in the right positions. I mean, he's got 42 goals so far this year as a, what a thirty-six-year-old is that? How old Ovechkin is now? Thirty-seven. He old. <laughs> Thirty-seven. So, I mean, he's doing everything that he can, and that's really what you're. That's got honestly. Hey, 
teams win the Stanley Cup. Someone wins the Stanley Cup every year. Someone sets a goal scoring record once in a maybe a couple generations, right? Like Gretzky set that record and it stood for 40, 40 years. I mean, well, I guess I guess by the time he ended his career was 1999. So this uh, record has stood for 24 years. Uh, and it was a record nobody thought anyone would ever beat. And, and here he is. So, I mean, it's, you know, maybe once in a generation, maybe, maybe with goal scoring goes up, going up, there's someone that could come in and, and challenge Ovechkin, but it just takes, it takes more than just being really good. It takes being really good for a really long time and also not getting hurt. So it's, I mean, we may never see this again in our whole entire life. Somebody being this, beating this record. This is more important than winning a Stanley cup. That that's my opinion on it. That I I mean, as far I mean, he's won his cup. I know it's only one cup. I'm sure that he'd love to win another cup. It's not to say that he's not. Tr- they're not going to try to win a cup. But is that not secondary to him beating one of the greatest records in all of sports? Yeah, I think if you you have a legacy right to leave behind as an athlete, you know, you come in and and you say you were the best goal scorer that ever played this game. Right? There's there's still people that are going to go out there and argue. You know, oh, Gretzky was the best. Mike Bossy was the best. Or, sure. you know, this guy was, was better. But if you have the record, right? You've got the numbers. There's no, yeah, there's no argument to be had here. You are the best because you have the record. And so, um, yeah, I think for Ovi especially, um, you know, when you look at it, it's, it's you know, there's, I mean, I don't know if there's any other Russian players really either, too, that have any big records in the NHL, right? So, hmm. um, so for you to be able to come in and say, you know, as a Russian, I did this, right? And just be able to have that that added to your legacy as a player, the greatest Russian player to ever play the game. I mean, that's, that's something to be said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it also should be said that it, it is unusual for a head coach to just not get re-signed. Uh, you know, like I, I guess a head coach of his stature. Yeah. I get the team is about to miss the playoffs, but I don't think that that's really of his doing. He also started off with like a skeleton roster to the year. Um, uh, my guess is you're they're trying he's probably saying well I want another three year deal and they're going I mean we'll give you another one year deal uh, my guess is it's the term it's probably not the money I mean they've already got the money allocated even if it's a small bump uh, I, I I would guess that it's the term because they're probably thinking well you know if this if this goes sour early on next year he's going to get fired which is why he wants the he wants two or three years and they probably want to give him one that would be my my best guess, uh, but I think he'll probably end up re-signing. It would be unusual if he, if for a, a guy of his stature to just, I mean, probably the last time it happened was Mike Babcock leaving a team that, you know, that he, he just didn't re-sign and go somewhere else. Um, certainly if Peter Laviolette hits the open market, there are numerous teams that would be very interested in bringing him on as their head coach would be my guess. Yes, and maybe he looks at that too because maybe he says, you know what, I just don't think we we can get there. And maybe he's trying to leverage, like you said, some term. And and maybe now with Washington kicking back and saying, no, we want one year, he's just like, you know what, I'm going to go and take a peek, free agency, right, this this off season and see what's available. Yeah, I mean, I get, I you know, I get that there's there also is there has been an unusual amount of coaches keeping their jobs this year. 
Um, which I think is is more to say about the finances. Teams just are like, I mean, who cares? If we're going to lose, we're not going to. They look at Vancouver team. and they're like, you know what? We don't right. want to pay eight coaches, right? So right. we're good. But I mean, I guess if you were going to, if you were to look top to bottom across the league, you know, what teams could have a coaching opening? Well, the first one you got to look at is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Are they going to have a like? They lose in round one. Everybody's going bye bye. And here's your opportunity to go coach the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, I'm sure there's a few people out there that are that are rooting against the Leafs so that they have a shot to be the head coach or the GM there or something. Uh, I, I got to imagine that that's that's a thought out there. Uh, from there, I mean, the Nashville Predators are certainly going to be in a position, you know, bringing in Barry Trotz. I think that he, you know, there's no way that John Hines is going to be safe. If, you know, they're, they're going to miss the playoffs most likely this year. And then, you know, maybe he just wants to start over with a new head coach. So that's another one out there, which, of course, Laviolette just came from Nashville. I don't know that he'd go back. But he did take them to the Stanley Cup Finals. That he did. Um, and any other teams that you see that might be a possibility of letting their head coach go? Oh, I, I think the first and probably easiest one for me is the Anaheim Ducks. Um, I, I, I think there's no way Dallas he can survive yeah. this season just because I, I look at this roster and I, I see a talented group of forwards, but I see a team that has a lot of talented forwards that don't play well together. And to me, that that comes down to coaching, right? Everybody's got their different styles or maybe they like to play a certain way, but if you can't get these guys to be a cohesive unit, I mean, there's a reason they're they're setting records as far as like the worst defensive team to ever play in the the salary cap era. I mean, there's it's pretty horrible. And so, to me, I don't know if there's any way a coach survives, you know, uh, the off season, especially you know with a team that's been this bad defensively. I think you know Pat Verveek's going to want to come in and hit the reset button and bring in a new coach and hopefully get some of these younger guys, especially like Troy Terry and Max Jones, who are pretty much 25. So they're getting to that point where like you have to make a play now because these guys are going to start to hit their thirties pretty right. soon by the time you, you get to that next head coach. So you got to make the right one here count for this next coach. Yeah. My goodness. Anaheim and Boston going toe to toe for who can have the biggest goal differential. Anaheim <laughs> at minus 112 and Boston at plus 118. Unreal. Anaheim has allowed 302 goals with eight games left to go. <laughs> Unreal. That is just spectacular. Um, they have managed to actually win some games in regulation, though. So good for them. They they got over that that little hump that they they like didn't have any for the first what 20 games or something like that. Um, I guess one one other spot that I I could say you know it, there's there's definitely some smoke would be the Calgary Flames. I did see that there are there was reports that several players don't want to come back and play for uh, Daryl Sutter again. So there's that. Uh, yeah, I have heard some some rough stuff going on between Kadri and and Sutter, and and you have to think too, Huberdeau's probably not Huberdeau, too thrilled, yeah. and uh, they just paid those two guys a boatload of money, and yep. you got to think. Uh, Who's going to go first? Yep. <laughs> One of those and, two guys are the coach. Yeah, and you're you're likely going to miss the playoffs here. And so, I mean, are they going to fire him this year? Probably not. But like a slow start next year, and you're probably, you know, you're you're looking to to get rid of him. And yeah. and there's you know there's another possibility, which that would be to me an attractive location uh, for someone like Peter Laviolette to step into. Would be hey, I get to go and be be on a team that just 
24, like 12 months ago was considered a Stanley cup contender. Um, I think I'm in, like, I think I can take this team and, and do something with it. Uh, so that, that would be probably a far more appealing location than Anaheim where, you know, I don't know. Anaheim's still probably three or four years away. I don't know if that would attract someone like Laviolette. No, no, I'm. I don't disagree with you at all. I think Calgary to me is is a very attractive option because, like you said, I think there's still you can get the right coach in there and maybe bring in you know one or two little depth pieces. I think they're they're right back there as being you know a, a top tier playoff team. All right, the Vancouver Canucks will 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 pivot here. Uh, JT Miller was signed to a big deal, eight million dollars per year for seven years, um, a nice nice fat fifty six million dollar deal. So. Uh, he is now being rumored to be, uh, you know, a possibility that he's traded, which I know that that was a possibility at the deadline. It didn't happen and everything settled down. Uh, but now I think that the floodgates are about to open very strange for somebody to sign a beast of an extension and be the butt of every trade rumor since then. Uh, but it is happening for JT Miller. What are your thoughts on, I don't know where he might go. Will he get dealt? Yeah, that's the big question, right? I think for a guy who has shown at times this season that, you know, he just doesn't, I don't want to say doesn't care. Right. But sometimes you just see him just skating around and it's almost like he's not in it. Right. He's just not invested in the game. And, and you know what, again, well, I'd say he's not invested in the the team that he's on or, or losing. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Losing doesn't help with that. Right. And so I think, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, again, for a guy who has shown he has potential, right, there's going to be teams that will, will come out there. I mean, he had a 99-point season, so I think there are going to be teams that will be interested. It's just, again, because of the term, because of the cap hit, it's going to be difficult uh, to find someone to make it work, especially for next year. Now, again, the year after when maybe the salary cap jumps a ton, it, it's easier to fit in. But for next season, it's going to be harder for a, a team to try to squeeze him in, especially, you know, considering that there's not too many uh well i shouldn't say there's not too many but vancouver is going to be a team that's not going to take on salary back the other way either because right now they're already projected to be over the salary cap um you know by a couple million bucks as it stands so someone's got to go there's going to be some moves for this team uh, you know so again they're not going to be you know in my opinion not going to be taking back money the other way uh, you know to to get a team to to take on that kind of contract yeah and you know the fact that he he also he's he's I know he can play everywhere. Um, I think he's you're probably most likely to stick him on the wing, uh, but you'd love for your eight million dollar guy to be a a centerman. Uh, I, you know I'm trying to think what team would make a good fit for J T Miller. Uh, yeah, maybe a Nashville Predators could could squeeze him in. I mean, they don't, they just, they have a little bit of cap space next year, but, uh, and, and not anyone crazy to resign. So, you know, maybe he's a fit in somewhere like Vancouver where they could really use a shot in the arm. Somebody who, uh, yeah, can, can score goals, <laughs> put up big points. Uh, other teams, you know, maybe going to a, like a Colorado avalanche would be a, a location where, uh, he could, kind of get infused with passion again, which, you know, if, if that's the problem, uh, that's a great place to go and, and 
be around guys who can win and uh, guys who are fired up. Possibly he fits that that kind of vibe. I mean, he did come from, you know, he was on Tampa Bay for a while and, and New York, two places where um, he certainly was in the, you know, they had opportunities to win and he thrived. Uh, so, uh, and the Florida Panthers would be another team that could use a JT Miller. And I, I know they'd have to send salary the other way, but they're definitely somebody in my mind that could use somebody uh, who just can put up points and score goals. Yeah. I have, so I, I have two teams when I, when I looked at JT Miller that I thought could fit very well. Um, you know, the first one, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, apparently, you know, at the deadline, their mm. trade talks went pretty, what they're referring to as pretty deep. Um, you well, know, people thought the trade was done. Right. Think, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, I, I think he still could be a good fit there. You know, Jason Zucker's money's coming off the books. Uh, they should have roughly, you know, 19 ish million dollars. And yes, they got to resign some guys, um, you know, little things here and there. But I think they could find a way to make him fit, especially now that guys like, you know, Malkin and, and Latang have, you know, smaller cap hits for next season than they, you know, did last year. So, um, you know, I think they could find a way to squeeze him in and he would fit in very, very well, I think, in their, their top six, especially with the leadership group they have there. You know, they would be able to keep him motivated. He's not looked at as one of the top guys either. So there's almost like a Phil Castle, like a similar idea. You know, you're bringing in somebody who's a big, can, can score some goals, puts up big points. And kind of has the, but kind of has this reputation of like, eh, sometimes he's, he's not all in. Right. Yeah. And then the second team I, I thought of, uh, just because again, they're having a couple big name guys, uh, coming off, you know, this, this off season where they acquire them at the deadline. And that's the New York Rangers. Um, obviously he's quite familiar with Bringing the Rangers. Back, and, yeah. Yeah. Having been there before. So I think going back to the Rangers, I think that would, you know, again, with new management there, I think there's, there's a good fit there. I think he would be motivated you know, especially getting to play in that spotlight in New York City. I think there's just something about being there under those lights. I think that, you know, would, would rejuvenate him, re-energize him to, to stay committed. And I think, again, they just have, in my opinion, a great leadership group between guys like Chris Kreider and, and Jacob Truba to, to keep him, you know, honest and motivated. How about uh, now? Okay, let's, let's, let's go down this road. Let's say uh, right now when you look at the standings, it's likely the team, the teams that are going to be up for the uh, Bedard, most likely to win the Bedard sweepstakes, are going to be San Jose, Chicago, Columbus, and Anaheim. Uh, those four teams are going to have the best odds. I think that's all but determined at this point. Yeah, that, that is that is the case. Um, unless they go and rattle off ten wins in a row, which is not going to happen, uh, seeing as all those teams have lost over and over and over again. All of them are on losing streaks right now. Uh, so I wonder, I always wonder this, you know, hey, Columbus goes and gets Connor Bedard. And then they've got Johnny Gaudreau. They also have Patrick Laine. Does that all of a sudden make them a team that someone like a JT Miller would be willing to go to? Or, you know, hey, we've got Connor Bedard and you could come play in San Jose and you know, and we can we can kind of rebuild around these these different guys. Uh, maybe not San Jose so much, but I think I'm looking at Columbus. Columbus, where they have some established veterans. If they go out and they grab even even a top two pick, and they they get uh, the next guy. I off the top of my head, I can't remember his name. Um, they, I mean, they're going to be in a great position to acquire some or to attract some free agents because if you can say, hey, we got the best player coming. 
And we also have some pretty darn good players, too. We are going to be good fast. Uh, we get a good goalie. We get a couple defensemen. And suddenly we're we're going to be very, very good in this Metro that, in some respects, the Metro is sort of starting to, like, yes, the Devils are on the upswing, but Pittsburgh, the Islanders, uh, I mean, even, even the Rangers, to a certain extent, are starting to, be like, you're going to start asking questions. Are these teams going to age out? of where they are at least Washington's already already at that point uh Philadelphia's way way past that point so I like I don't think that it is out of the realm of possibility that if Columbus goes out gets Connor Bedard and he's as advertised that Columbus is in the playoff conversation next year well I mean I think it's no doubt that Connor Bedard's going to elevate a team to the next level right and I think a lot of people thought Columbus was going to be a bubble team this year when they added Johnny Goudreau just because of his, his ability to score goals and what he brings. Sure. And, you know, assuming that guys like Cole Sillinger and Kent Johnson take those next steps, right? So, it, again, assuming those guys do take next steps and, you know, things continue to go well and maybe they figure out the goaltending, uh, Columbus very well could be a playoff team without a counter Bedard. So, um, you know, to say that a guy like Fair him, enough. yeah. To say that adding a guy like him would make him, I, I think that's a, almost a no-brainer. I think he they have to be considered a playoff team at that point, uh, assuming that he's everything is advertised, right? So, um, sure yeah, I like mean, it, <laughs> yeah, it sure does. And, and so, yeah, I have no doubts that a, a team like that would be attractive to a guy like JT Miller. Now, again, you know, is he looking for, um, you know, the bright lights, that that type of, you know, atmosphere that, you know, New York or – where Miami can offer that obviously Columbus cannot, but are we really um, going to say that the bright lights are out in Miami for hockey? <laughs> I mean, not, I guess maybe so. not necessarily I, for hockey, a little, but a little bit though. I mean, they are, they're, they're an attract. It's an attractive place to play it. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's warm and it's, it's flashy. Yeah. Yeah. It's an attractive place to go. Yes. Columbus uh, right. is not on anyone's list of like, my God, I have to go to Columbus and spend a week there. Right. Just like St. Louis. Yes. Um, you people, know, again, people go to Columbus for the, uh, for the Arnold. <laughs> the, like the bodybuilding competition, they go there, there to go. get a bunch of free samples and then they leave and come back the next year. <laughs> That's it. Um, oh yeah. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, you know what? Just uh, I'm just gonna wish you wish you the best of luck with the fantasy playoffs the rest of the way out. So oh, well, thank you. You too. I, I I truly do hope that you win the championship because I don't want to have lost to a loser. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> that makes my heart warm. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Well, uh, you can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.